Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. And welcome, ladies and gents, into Grapple Talk. What is up, everybody? My name is Nick Ragnar, joined by Jesse Von Rudin. As always, episode number 3,642, and uh, we're happy to be here with you this morning. You know what the coolest thing about the Grapple Talk podcast that you and me do? What? It is the longest-running Grapple Talk Network podcast. That's something that we can actually... We can we can call that. We can claim yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty Nobody cool. else can claim it. Now, is it the most successful? I think it's still the fifth most popular. Okay. Out of how many shows? Four. Okay. That yeah, that's 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 good. But uh nonetheless we have an upper, we actually met up you texted me mm-hmm. uh I think it was on Sunday at Sunday night. I think I went to bed early and then Monday morning, um I had a meeting at a downtown coffee shop. Yeah. Walked back to my car, saw Jesse walking and I was like, Hey buddy and I'm like, Hey friend. And then you came over and we were like, Let's do grapple talk and then we were like but who cares if people listen because it's more for us. We're in it for the wrong reasons, man. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's like uh it's like the number of podcasts out there covering different wrestling things. You know, it's great. What are know? we going to add to that? I know, that's a good question. I, I think about that sometimes. You want to know how you can probably get popular in, in a wrestling podcast? What's that? Just continually have really shitty hot takes. <laughs> so here, okay, we're going to kick off this week's Grapple Talk okay. podcast. Here we go. I want one hot take from you that's kind of shitty but also kind of controversial. Give it to me right now. Wow. It has to be something involved in wrestling. What do you got? What do you got for me, buddy? What do you got? Okay, well that's a that's a good one. That's a really really good one. Um, how about this one? Here's okay. a, here's a hot take for you. I'm excited. The inability to gauge an audience when you go out there as a worker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. You want to know what mine is? Okay, sure. I think Kevin Owens fucking sucks, and he should quit wrestling and go back to flipping burgers in Canada. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Where, where does this Kevin Owens hate come from all of a sudden? It doesn't really come from anywhere. I just wanted to make a hot take. This is probably what a lot of, honestly, the podcasters do is they just say things they don't truly oh, mean. Oh, I, I they, thought it was actually get... like things that you actually believe. Uh, honestly, yeah. and uh, this isn't going to matter because he probably would never listen to this podcast anyways. And if I ever, for some reason, did make it big in wrestling, mm-hmm. I would automatically have heat with him, which would be awful. But I just, I honestly don't, uh, I don't enjoy his matches anymore. I don't know what it is. And, well, it's, and maybe yeah. it's changed. I haven't watched wrestling in like fucking six months, but... <laughs> Um, Wait a minute. Last when was the last time you actually watched wrestling? No, I I I did watch the uh, the the recent NXT Takeover. Okay, so you watched Takeover. It yeah. was a, it was a very enjoyable show. Yeah, it was a really good show. I had a lot of fun watching that, and I didn't have the WWE Network. I just went to. Uh, uh, on Reddit, they have uh, a, a subreddit called – they have, like, NBA streams. They uh-huh. have NFL streams, and they have WWE streams, and somebody will post in there a bunch of free ways to watch the the different shows. So I was able to do that to watch that TakeOver special. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the last time I watched it. And then prior to that was was probably the TakeOver special before that because, honestly, the whole Gargano-Champa um, saga I've been trying to keep up with because people have been saying that's some of the best stuff they've seen. Which is funny. As far as WWE wrestling, I've been still keeping up with New Japan. Yeah, but. which is kind of funny too because i've heard the opposite from a lot of people that the uh, gargano champa stuff is getting very melodramatic and they need to fucking end it really yeah oh that's interesting well yeah because like it is always kind of interesting too because like there is there's a hot take yeah there's there's always one of those things when it comes to wrestling where sometimes too much is too much i'll go i'll say that i'll 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 come out and say i'll say that i think I, I honestly do do not care to see another Champa Gargano match at this point, mm-hmm. especially at the next takeover. I'm I'm okay because they've had two big 
barn burners at this point. And I think this would have been I think they should have switched the roles mm-hmm. and Champa should have won the last match. And maybe they had to reverse the stipulations in one way or another so that Gargano could get his match again. But this should have been the climax and the finish to that because as far as storyline goes, it's like, dude, like to me, you've gotten just about every single emotion that you possibly can. And yeah, it's surprising. And yeah, it makes people's jaws drop. And yeah, fucking people that just simply like surprises for surprises think that it was a great finish. But to me, it's like... Dude, I'm like drained, and now we're gonna have to do this again. Where because this isn't going to end with without Gargano on top. I think it's pretty blatantly oh, obvious yeah, to definitely. see that. Um, but th- that's exactly the route that they were taking this time around, and I don't know if they wanted to do the whole. They're so even, you know. Oh, it's not like Gargano can't win twice in a row because they have to be some kind of even, maybe a little bit. So let's give Champa the winner. Honestly, it's probably just the whole WWE mentality of you know, even if it doesn't make sense, we want people's jaws to drop. I think the only thing you can get away from that the whole story like of that last match was that you know Champa got Gargano to break and come down to his level and by doing that Champa was victorious. Yeah, but there were so many callbacks to the the the, oh, the initial like, breakup. I mean, dude, it was just that's like every fucking match now. Is I know, but now but now what do you do next? Yeah. Now now they're just gonna have a regular match wearing tights because yeah, it's you, just you like can't. how do you, that is definitely true. what are you gonna you, de-escalate? Oh, they're gonna. You know, are they going to have the first ever NXT Hell in a Cell match? Because I don't know what else you can do. A fucking Texas death match? <laughs> an Inferno match? No, no, I don't think you're going to have an Inferno a match. A tennis match? A tennis match, maybe. And love wins in the end. You know, and then fucking Money in the Bank's the next night. <laughs> what happens, Jesse? Oh, man. Some Mon- shit-ass booking. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, but... Look at this. Yeah. Nakamura. They build him up this whole time. I, you know what I said? What did I say fucking six months ago? I, you know, I go, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what they're doing with Nakamura? It's Vince's way of saying, you know what? New Japan sucks. And even though AJ Styles wrestled there, Nakamura is the embodiment of New Japan, so he's never going to win here. And it's like, oh, that's not what's fucking happening. They're going to come up with a better storyline angle. He's going to be healed. It's going to be great. Well, guess what? He's fucking heel, and he's lost again and again. Again and again, there's nothing else you can do with them. You buried them, so that's done. Well, let's go to the Money in the Bank. What is the Money in the Bank used for? It's to build up other talent. Well, who wins it? The fucking people that don't need it. Everybody. Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss were the literally the only two competitors in both of those matches where you were like, realistically, they absolutely do not need a Money in the Bank briefcase. Braun Strowman is arguably the most dominant person on both rosters, Brock Lesnar included, but fuck it, let's just give him a briefcase anyways. Alexa Bliss, well, she's been champion five times off fucking ready, and she's basically been a champion in every single fucking facet of wrestling since she got to the main roster. Well, let's give her the briefcase, too, because fuck it, because she couldn't earn... It's just like, what the shit are they doing with these booking decisions? Yeah, you and know... why does it make me mad? I don't know. I and don't then, you know, know what? I and then I don't have actually... WWE Network anymore, so then I go, fuck it, I'm over it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Fucking A. Wow, man. You're really worked up about a fictional sport. It's just fucking dumb. And now, yeah. you know, I sit here and... I don't know why it. Do, I shouldn't make it. Doesn't it's like it doesn't really affect me in my day to day life. I could mm-hmm. honestly care less. But just when I talk about it out loud, I'm just like, God, that's so. It just seems like a waste. It's just so. How do you? I don't know. It, it just it, it seems pretty, dumb. It know, makes it makes yeah. what many would maybe consider to be, in my opinion, a pretty large pay per view because you're basically saying, at some point. Most likely, unless you have a shitstorm like with Baron Corbin or with you know Ken Anderson when it happened a while back, mm-hmm. 
or uh, with uh, who who was the guy who was the who was the dude that the, the that copied the Miz? What the hell was his name uh, again? Damian Sandow. Damian Sandow. Unless you have a shitstorm like that, you are basically having you are you are stamping this person to be a future champion of your company, and they basically a lot of the booking decisions that were made on that night to me made that pay-per-view completely irrelevant. Now, you think a lot of that is the fact that you pigeonhole yourself into having that person who wins the money in the bank become a champion. Well, think about that. If, like, the track record is 80, 85 to 90% of the time that the winner of the money in the bank ends up becoming a champion, do you think because of those odds and because of the way that it's been previously booked where the, the shine and, and the luster of that money in the bank, you know, is basically taken away because you're like, oh, shit, that motherfucker is going to end up being a champion at some point. Here, here's what I'm saying. No, I'm, I, I think oh. I, I get what you're saying because, like, when you look at Bliss winning, now the, the biggest thing for me coming into, like, money in the bank was they had to find a creative way out from Jack's Rousey because it was probably yes. too early to put the belt on Rousey. Yeah. And, you know, you can't give her an L. What you said was the best part of the night, I So, think. yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, that match was probably the best match of the night. But you had Bliss basically win. It made sense because Bliss and her feud with Jax already. Plus, it's everything. It's awful. W- it's a bad we, feud. We, it is a terrible fucking feud. But then again, are you fucking surprised that the women on Raw have a terrible fucking feud? That is a different story altogether. Um, I know one of the biggest arguments for the women's money in the bank was you could have gave that to a person like Becky Lynch, who clearly was over like fucking Rover in that match. Yeah. Like, honest to God, they are missing the boat on her Yeah, right the fuck now, and it's going to come back and bite them. It's just one of those things. So having Bliss win and cash it in that night was probably the smartest move they could do to move Rousey out of that situation and kind of put Bliss back in while you build up to a bigger match between Bliss and Rousey. It's probably going to happen at SummerSlam. Yeah. Now with Strowman winning... You don't have a good one for that. I, I really don't. The only thing I could think of they're doing with Strowman winning that is just give you the idea that, hey, there is no upcoming Brock Lesnar title defenses. So what you could do with Strowman with the briefcase is either use that as defense, hey, as a defense. So he can either call his shot for Lesnar because he's going to have to do that at some point in time. Especially he can't just like run out there and like at Lesnar's farm and like after Lesnar takes cool. a giant, giant fucking dump or something like that and pin him one, two, three. You just can't really do that. So he's got to call his shot for Lesnar. But at the same time, though, that briefcase is still very much in contention. So I wouldn't be shocked or amazed if you actually have Strowman defending that fucking briefcase on numerous pay-per-views coming up. I think that's that makes sense. You have to do that to kind of keep people guessing on that situation. Now, am I happy that Strowman won? Fuck no. Um, was I entertained with the match? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. That's always a good question because, you know, out of that, what we got, though, was, you know, Rusev against AJ Styles coming up here at Extreme right. Rules, which could be a very interesting matchup. Yep. I agree with the whole AJ Nakamura thing. I thought the last, like, five, ten minutes of that match was actually really, really good. Yeah. It was a, it was a good blow-off to that feud. It's just too bad that it took so long to get to that point because you're like, well, let's just figure this out. And let's just go with Nakamura's low blow shit for yep. like six months. What yep. are you gonna do? It's just the way it goes. Um, I don't know. For the for the biggest thing for me with the money in the bank, no matter what, is just it is too predictable that the person who actually wins the money in the bank ends up cashing that in. Maybe what we have to start doing now is maybe five years in a row of people fucking losing. Sure. Same with the Royal Rumble, where you actually have that person go on to WrestleMania, and nine times out of ten, that person actually wins the championship. Maybe we have to curtail it, very much what, like, New Japan does with the G1, is how how often do you actually have a successful cash-in of the G1 briefcase at Wrestle Kingdom? Just think Uh, about this. Not often, actually. This has been brought up on a couple different podcasts, so I'm just going to blatantly steal it. 
to win the G1, you have to go through fucking hell. Yes. And then you defend that G1 opportunity a few times, especially if you lose yeah. some matches. And then you finally get to Wrestle Kingdom. By that point in time, you're physically and emotionally spent. And the champion has already got the advantage there. We've seen it with, like, Naita. We saw it with, you know, Omega, Omega yep. as well. Um, it's just it, – it's so fucking difficult to actually cash that in. Maybe you have to start doing that with both the Rumble and Money in the Bank. We almost make it impossible for the person who actually wins those matches – to actually get that opportunity. So when they actually do cash in, it's a, it's a golden ticket. Like, a golden ticket should not mean necessarily, hey, you know, like, you're already, you're, you're solidified. It's like, you still have to fucking earn it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think with me, when it comes to WWE, and we can try to end this this portion of the discussion, because obviously Money in the Bank happened a couple of weeks ago. But I thought it was last week. Was it really? It felt like last I week. I continuously read up on Raw and SmackDown, and, I, uh-huh. and I'm always looking for something that's like, what's, what, what's going what's gonna to twerk my nips? What's going to make me want to start checking out WWE again? When it came to the pay-per-view, there was nothing that I felt mm-hmm. like. You know, I, I was trying to find things. I was like, you know, it's nine ninety nine. The housing thing fell through. I have yep. some money available. Maybe I'll just get it again and watch the pay-per-view. And then I looked at the card, and I was like, eh, there's just nothing that – and then this happens, and I basically go, I feel like this pay-per-view could have just not happened, and we would probably have somewhat of the same show moving forward. And it's just mm-hmm. – you hate to see that because then it almost feels like everybody that's in charge becomes complacent, and it's like, what are we actually doing here? Like, what what is the point of what we're doing? Is it just to make revenue from ads and things like that? Is it – are we trying to put on the best wrestling product available? I don't know. And maybe that the perception is different amongst different people. Maybe there's other people – that religiously watch all these WWE uh, events and shows, and they really like what's going on right mm-hmm. now. But I just know from from what I've been reading, from what I've been seeing, and it's just like, it's weird. And honestly, I, I've had this this weird thought, like this really weird thought the past couple of months now, and it's like, is WWE really that bad, or am I outgrowing wrestling? Because I can't find any enjoyment with anything that WWE is doing these days. And that's why I, where I come down to it, and I'm like, Am I am I just slowly disliking the national wrestling product, or is WWE just sucking that much dick? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. That that's a, that's a good topic right there. That is a legit concern I think with a lot of fans is, especially as you get older. Like what what made you a fan might not necessarily be what's in it now. Yeah. You know, it's like what what made you a pro wrestling fan? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't. I'm trying to think of, of what I really enjoyed when I was a kid. I just thought it was cool, man. I, yeah. I thought I thought I thought it was neat. I think I've always been a huge sports fan, and I think honestly, you know, the idea of that the drama was written in, so you'd think that it's good drama, right? Because I think that's you one hope, one yeah. one big component that everybody loves about sports, regardless if you want to admit it or not, is the drama portion of it, right? Mm-hmm. You have a really good Super Bowl last year. It's like, oh man, like the back and forth, the storylines, the, the year prior to that, you know, Tom Brady being. Uh, suspended and and the the trophy being handed over from Roger Goodell it's like all oh, the, these storylines that are built in are so awesome and they're so um they're so real and i think growing up like you had that with wrestling right you had the sport the the athletic portion of it but then you had these people that were writing the storylines you know even if it was fabricated drama it was still like you had the sports and you had the drama and that really enticed me as a whole and i don't know if nowadays that you know, it just seems like on on Monday Night Raw, and even sometimes on pay per views, the matches, the the uh, the athleticism that you see in that just 
maybe isn't as impressive as it was when I was younger, or maybe it's the the overabundance now of wrestling that you have mm-hmm. and the different styles, and maybe different styles speak to me. And then if you also don't have the the proper drama to draw you in, then I'm missing both elements from WWE. I'm missing I'm missing the athleticism part because I'm I'm finding that in different other different places. And then the drama that they're writing is ass. I think the storylines <laughs> all don't speak to me. It's like no, that yeah. doesn't. That doesn't speak to me, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. That's just me talking out loud and maybe trying to figure out what's going on. But, but yeah, man, I just I, I that, I'd be lying to you if I haven't said even a week ago. I'm like, am I like should I just stop with everything wrestling because I can't tell if I'm just growing out of it or what? But uh, compared to even a year ago, I just feel like my interest in wrestling has completely died down. And I would I would say that obviously WWE is a big portion of that because WWE is a big portion of everything wrestling. So yep. if you don't have any interest at all in WWE, I would assume that you're probably not as big of a pro wrestling fan as you would be if you were interested in it. So that's definitely a fair argument. And, you know, a lot of it with the WWE, you know, the, the in-house style right now, there, there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad with it. Um, a lot of it is very much like, of course, like safety's first with all these guys, which is which is great because safety should be first. But at the same time, though, like you can watch any WWE match and feel like it's cut from the same mold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's like pacing, uh, move set stuff like that, where you know one of the cool things about like you know I I don't know this is gonna always sound like asinine and stuff like that. But one of the cool things about, like, New Japan or, like, Indies or even watching, like, British wrestling, like, even watching, like, the UK tournament, right? Every match feels different. Like, there is not a, a set style. There is not a, a set thing you have to do. Like, if you had a checklist of things that you had to do in your matchup, main roster WWE, nine times right. out of ten, will fill everything in there. Okay, so there is there's lockups. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, there is rest holds for submission attempts. Yep. There's suicide dives. There's high risk maneuvers. And it's like when you start putting this together, including like near falls, for like just to have near falls, it's yeah. like all that stuff is really great, but it's also like having everything you ever fucking wanted all the fucking time. It's like going yeah. to a goddamn buffet. And realizing all you want to eat is fucking breadsticks. Yeah, and I think that's a big portion of what it is too. It's like you know nowadays the 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 vets, the old timers, point to babyface and heels. And I think I think in any sort of storytelling, mm-hmm. any sort of sport, you need to have the babyface and the heels. Oh, but yeah. I you but need I think a protagonist the, and an antagonist. But I think the structure yeah. of it doesn't always need to be babyface fighting from under. I think that works out really well in a lot of different instances, yes, mm-hmm. but I don't think it needs to be the the exact, as you mentioned, step-by-step process to put together something because I do honestly feel like if you watch five matches on Raw, four out of those five almost are exactly the same. Yeah, It starts the same way, the the meat is the same way, and it ends the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's And that's... I think a big portion of why it's just like, what's the point of even watching this? Like, I already know. It's not even about, like, I already know what the results are. It's like, I already know what I'm going to witness in the ring. You know, like, what's the point of me even tuning in now? Nowadays, the whole point is is probably not even to watch the wrestling, but instead to watch the promo segments or the surprise uh, fucking storylines that they might have or might not have. And then you're like, I just wasted fucking three hours of my time. What the <laughs> fuck am I doing? You know, that's a good point. You know, um, I'm really kind of glad I don't watch Raw on a regular basis. Like, I'll, I'll follow it on social media. That's what I kind of do. I, I will hop on Twitter. 
I will kind of like scroll through because like for whatever apparent reason, WWE is also very good about making sure like their highlights are up there right away on yeah, social do. media. Um, I was able to kind of follow the uh, Kevin Owens Braun Strowman story. Yeah, like just through social media. Bailey turned on Sasha. Bailey turning on Sasha, yeah. which you always thought it was going to be Sasha turning on Bailey. You know, so like there was a nice little curveball right there. So, so you can kind of follow the story beats very well, and you know, even just going on WWE.com like after the show, you can kind of follow it pretty well as well. Um, I don't know. There's just there's a lot about the WWE product right now that. I think works for certain fans and there's a lot that doesn't work for certain fans. And there's one thing I want to say uh-huh. too. A lot of people that are listening to this um, might be like, well, they're complaining to complain. Go back and listen to a different grapple talk. I don't know how long ago you'd have to go, but there's been times where we've been actually preaching the gospel that is yeah. WWE. So this isn't like I'm just bitching to bitch or I'm bitching because I disagree with something. Mm-hmm. There's been times where there have been things that people fucking hated that WWE did that we defended. Yeah. And we would sit here on this podcast and spend an hour and a half going, well, WWE is doing this and they're doing this and all this is great. Yep. But that's not what this – I'm sitting here today trying to be real and saying, you know – at the end of the day, is Braun Strowman winning, winning the briefcase the reason why I don't have the WWE Network? No. I mean, yeah, I can rant about it, and I think it's kind of funny sometimes to get angry, and it makes and you know helps me relieve some stress. But at the end of the day, I think you know, we looking at WWE as a whole, there has to be some type of reason as to why so many people are disagreeing with what they're doing. And for example, a person like me who has been a diehard WWE fan, a diehard pro wrestling fan my entire life at the age of 27, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get rid of WWE Network. And I've been without it now for probably over a month. And I've been absolutely okay with it. I haven't had any issues not having it, you know? So I I just want to make sure that's known because sometimes (laughs) on podcasts like this, people are, oh, they're just shitting on WWE because that's what they do. It's like, nah, dude, actually, we're probably, if anything, one of the channels that, aside from the fucking, you know, the fucking stooges of, like, Rosenberg and fucking all those other dumbass podcasts, um, we usually preach the good things of WWE, so. Yeah. It's like we were on here first being the ones to defend Lesnar when everyone started taking a shit on him. I'd still defend I still yeah, defend still that. here. You know, why the fuck not? You know, like, yeah. it's fucking Brock Lesnar. You it's know? Brock it's like, Lesnar. It's the biggest box office draw that WWE has. It's just, it's you know? again, it's the it's the over, it's the, the, it's the oversaturation. I, I was listening yep. to Dave Meltzer was on Chris Jericho's podcast, and he had talked about how this it was the same thing back in the 80s with Hogan. Yep. Hogan was never on TV. Yep. Never wrestled on TV. Mm-hmm. Just never did. And he, to this day, is still considered to be maybe not the best wrestler ever, but quite, I would say, the well, most influential I would wrestler say the most, ever. Most influential or iconic. Iconic wrestler yeah. of all time. And he had a very similar workflow where it was like, I'm Hulk Hogan. I, I'm, I don't need to be on fucking TV. Fuck that. Yeah, but, but now like, we have three hours of Raw every week, and we have two hours of SmackDown. And and I think a lot of that, that, too, is like the difference of how like the product is marketed. So everything on TV back in the day was to draw house show numbers. Yes. And now it's, now it's yes. the complete opposite, where it's almost everything today is geared towards TV ratings. Yes. And that includes pay-per-views. Yeah. Because if you think about it, a pay-per-view on the network – it is almost not even non-sequential now. It's like you don't have to watch it, but what they're trying to do is advertise what's going to happen next. Yeah. No matter what. Um, it's supposed to be payoffs. There were supposed to be payoffs. But the, but what the fucking thing that really kind of sucks is I'm, I'm going to shoot on the network here. Is you're giving <laughs> off payoffs for fucking $10. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I'm getting a $10 payoff. Yeah. That's all I'm getting. That's all the fuck I'm getting with these yeah. pay-per-views. It's like I'm not I'm – not, 
there is no fucking moments that you're just going to be like, wow, that was really cool. There is nothing iconic happening on either Raw, SmackDown, or the WWE main roster pay-per-views that you're just like, wow, holy shit. That's going to be something I'm going to remember in 10 years. Yep. Yeah, I I 100% agree. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's like a, it's like a double double-edged sword there because then you look at it and you go, "Well, WWE's like, well, man, you know, we used to make $60 every pay-per-view and now we're only making, you know, maybe nothing depending on how long they've been subscribing. I mean, maybe we make $120 a year off of somebody, but if they were purchasing three or four pay-per-views, then technically that's uh, that's mm-hmm. we're we're losing our ass on that. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we look at it as consumers and we go, we feel like we're only getting $10 worth of wrestling now for those pay-per-views because, like I just said, Money in the Bank, maybe five or six years ago, I honestly consider to be one of the premier fucking pay-per-views, right? CM Punk John Cena, like one of the closest five-star fucking WWE matches, according to Dave Meltzer, that we had had in a long time. And now, all of a sudden, I miss Money in the Bank completely. I read about it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking glad I did not take the time out of my day to watch that. I think some of that, too, is like the over... Not so much the oversaturation of the content, but oversaturation of gimmick matches. Think about this. All right, so multi-man ladder matches. You had the one for the North American Championship for NXT. Evan, you had two of them on the f- same fucking pay-per-view. Yeah, that's probably, uh, yeah. You know, so that's from April to June. Three months, we had three of these matches. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know? I think it's a, it's a combination of that. And it's just a combination, I think, for the longest time now, if it's not fucking Wrestlemania. I would even say like for Royal Rumble the, the past couple mm-hmm. years I've been extremely underwhelmed. It used to be one of my favorite pay-per-views to watch and yeah. now it just seems like again it's just going with the flow. Going with the motion. We have to have a Royal Rumble so we'll do that but uh, otherwise it doesn't feel like a big deal. It just feels like a Monday night or a Tuesday night on a Sunday night and um, I don't I don't know. I don't work for WWE I'm not back there. For all I know these people are putting in a fucking ton of hours and oh, they're yeah. doing everything that they possibly can to perp- a bunch of different people's interests but um you know it's not working for me I'd say that probably sometimes it's not working for you it's not working for a lot of people that are bitching on the internet mm-hmm. and uh and I don't know what the right solution is because I think there's uh, it's a it's a complicated and complex issue and uh but I but I I think a lot of people would agree that a lot of these pay-per-views don't seem worth would fucking definitely not be worth $60 if the network wasn't a thing. All right, cool. So, you know, we almost spent 30 minutes on our WWE, like, just, like, negativity. Let's pick three things. Oh, now we're going to pick three things that we each we like. that we actually do like about the current product. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a I would say one thing that I, that I, could be main roster NXT sure. or even network. I'd doesn't say, matter. I would say one thing that's really great about WWE um, that they're doing a good job of. I, I just I saw this snippet on uh, Facebook too. Is that just like the integration and the the welcoming of other wrestling products in a time where I think it would be absolutely asinine to go against that Mm -hmm. um i thought i read somewhere that they struck a deal with pro wrestling noah is that correct that seems to be like the uh, The, the rumor the rumor so marifuji is actually having i believe it is his 20th anniversary show so wwe to help out marifuji on the show is actually lending out you know a day otami so we're going to see kenta back in japan which is cool and i think that's there has been like also the rumor that because of the nxt international expansion WWE is actually looking for a foothold promotion in Japan. So there's already kind of been rumblings that NOAA, which has been having some issues, yep. and they've been working with All Japan as of late, NOAA actually might be that fed that WWE kind of embraces and be like, this is going to be, you know, our NXT brand. Kind of very much how 
like progress, progress or like ICW or something like that over in the UK has really kind of been the foothold for them to build that UK promotion, which they're going to go full head and full head of, you know, basically I think starting here in a couple of weeks where they're actually going to start doing tapings. They're going to start having product out there on the network where it's just going to be NXT UK. Um, there's also some rumblings that, you know, you're going to see like a UK fed down in Mexico as well. There's some talk about possibly working with like CMLL down there. So that's also something kind of you want to keep your eye on. I think the collaboration of it. Now, at the end of the day, I mean, people could argue that WWE is just trying to be the big conglomerate that they are and own more. Um, but I think the idea of recognizing other federations, recognizing histories of some of their guys, and uh, diving deep, honestly, into the talent pool and saying and, and welcoming with open arms guys like Tommy End or a lot of these UK guys um, and expanding, I think that's a huge plus in, in wrestling right now because I think for the longest time, WWE was known as a place that kind of shut their doors and, and recognized only themselves. And I think through all these different things, whether it is that they're trying to take more ownership in, in everything happening international or not, but they're, they're willing to work with others in, in making the product better. So I think that's a, that's a huge plus. I think another huge plus right now is still the ongoing uh, evolution of the women's division and them striking gold with Ronda Rousey as a pay-per-view draw. Um, she, I think she's been turning heads ever since, oh, pardon me, like WrestleMania, her performance there, her performance against Nia Jax. I think there's a lot of people who are on the fence about whether or not Rousey was going to be legitly a, a good wrestler. And I think a lot of that happened to do with what they perceive to be a good WWE wrestler. She does not fit that mold. Yeah. And by not fitting that mold, she has developed into a pretty damn good pro wrestler. Um, her first singles encounter, like, I thought that was the best match on the whole Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And that's saying a lot because a lot of people really liked Rollins and, you know, Elias, you know, which was a fine match. It was a fine match. Yeah. But at the same time, though, I don't think there was anything that felt different than Jax versus Rousey. Like, that totally felt different. Like totally felt different from like Bell to Bell. Yeah, and I think you know, in in that in that sea of negativity after Money in the Bank happened, I will say a lot of the same people that were shitting on everything else that had happened mm-hmm. were coming to the defense of Ronda Rousey and talking about how great she had done. So you yeah. know, again, when there is a perfect opportunity to look at a, a a a performer like Ronda Rousey and just shit on it, just to shit on it, similar to how people do with Roman Reigns. Oh yeah. There wasn't a lot of that, so again, I think that they are doing a good job with that. And honestly, that's that that I'd say that'd be my number two, just marketing in general. I mean, WWE has done a f- fantastic job of making a lot of closeted wrestling fans feel proud that they are wrestling fans, mm-hmm. and I, I commend them for that. You know, I um, as much as much as you know, maybe uh, wrestlers and things listening to this um, think I'm a fucking you know I'm a piece of shit for thinking this but for the longest time i was also a closet wrestling fan yeah, a lot of was a, it? a lot of my fa- friends growing up thought that wrestling was stupid you know it, it made me fucking dumb it made me a loser for liking wrestling in school mm-hmm. like fuck you dude you know those social circles in schools are fucking hellacious yeah. they're awful <laughs> and you know what if if i if i don't have to if i can also be like yeah wrestling's fucking stupid if i can agree to that and i'm not a fucking loser then so be it because i that's better than taking the wrath of other kids because that shit can make your life a living hell and it can it can lead to a lot worse things but anyways um but wwe doing the all that they can whether it's the fox deal whether it's being integrated into ESPN, whether it's just honestly making it cool to like pro wrestling again, people wearing Undertaker t-shirts, Rock t-shirts, um, whatever it is that they've done marketing-wise, I think mm-hmm. that's been awesome because again, it's made people like myself, other kids growing up that like pro wrestling, they've made it. It's they've made it 
not taboo to enjoy it. So I think that's uh, that's something that uh, I, I don't think you can shake your head at. I think that's something that WWE has done a phenomenal job at doing. I also think WWE has also done a phenomenal job of really, as you alluded to, not just embracing the the, the current products around them, but also embracing their history as well. Um, one of the things you see popping up a lot more on the network is hidden gems, um, the, the rarities, the stuff like that, the the deep dives into like Mid-South, World Championship Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, that type of stuff. You're really seeing them you know, use this network to just kind of showcase the history of professional wrestling based on what they have, and that's actually a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, a third thing? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, you, you got to have a third thing, right? Um, can, I'll, I'll just say not over bogging down NXT, I guess, because I think a couple of years ago we might have talked about this and we were consistently worried that at some place or some time NXT would turn into WWE light, and I don't think it's felt like that. And if anything, it's continued to grow its brand as far as the performers, as far as the booking, as far as just their takeovers consistently being um, labeled as the best shows throughout a year. Um, so, you know, again, everybody praises Triple H. I'm sure there's a lot more people behind it than just Triple H um, as any type of big company. You know, there's a yeah. lot of people working under the the people that get all the recognition or working behind the people that get the recognition to make things happen. But I would say, honestly, NXT is probably one of the biggest things and best things that they're doing nowadays because, again, uh, I think NXT was running on the same night as something else really big that was happening. I don't remember what it was, but I know that, you know, they like their uh, trending, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And I know NXT was number one trending over whatever the hell else really big was happening in the world on that same day. Could like World Cup or something It was something like that. Like that. Yeah. So I know that they took a lot of pride in that. And obviously they've done a great job in making sure that it stayed successful and it's always been the, a perfect, not even a breeding ground for WWE anymore because it used to be that. And I think now it's proven that, if anything, they, the, the, the call-ups are less successful than they are in NXT, which actually should be the opposite. But um, a really a... a um, just another outlet for wrestling fans that want to check out something that's really cool that's not WWE. So kudos to them for making another product that people can go to that's not what they're doing, um, that can fill a need uh, for people like you or myself that are kind of pissed off at Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Also, probably the other thing is, man, third thing, third thing, wow, wow. Um, that's a good question. That's a really, really good question. I would I would assume like the third great thing that WWE does is to keep wrestling relevant in the mainstream. You already said it kind of um good prime example was uh the Lady Friends kids, you know. For whatever apparent reason, they've never watched wrestling, but they knew who certain wrestlers were. Yeah. Which is really kind of cool. Um her youngest ended up buying these like little, little you know, metal figures. Uh, one was Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, you know. Oh. So that was kind of neat, you know. And it's like, oh, who's this guy? What's he good at? What's this guy? What's he good at? So, like, you know, being able to see a next generation of wrestling fans, basically, even though we might hate the current product and stuff like that, to actually thoroughly embrace the product. And these are going to be the guys who, 30 years down the line, when they're bitching about the current product, <laughs> be like, you know, it was so much better back in my day. You know, I really loved, you know, Kurt Hawkins or some bullshit like Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Know? Yeah, you know, so that's that's wow, you just dropped your phone. I did. Um, you know, so it, it's just it's kind of interesting to see how the machine keeps on pumping out new fans. So that I I still think that's a huge positive because no matter what, it's like wrestling is it's part of the fabric of Americana. It is. You know, and it where you have certain sports like baseball having a tough time adapting 
wrestling, no matter what, adapts very well yes. to the changing political, social, and cultural status of America, and they've done it tremendously for the last 100 years. Yeah, they have, and that's something that, again, you can't – we can sit here and we can talk about uh, how much we hate Braun Strowman winning Money in the Bank or how stupid the angle between Jinder Mahal and Roman Reigns was. Oh, it's but a good thing they dropped that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, wrestling is wrestling, and wrestling is what it is, and, and it's why so many guys get dressed up and go wrestle on weekends for a hot dog and a handshake and why – um, AC Riley does his promos in his basement with fault stuff, uh, because it is ingrained in our culture and it's something that a lot of people enjoy and a lot of people, um, find enjoyment in being involved with, you know, like for example, I may not watch wrestling, but I still have a fucking splendid ass time doing RCCW once a, once a month. Um, and if I had the, you know, if I didn't have the responsibilities and things like that in the weekend, I probably maybe still would be traveling and going and having fun across the state at different wrestling shows. Um, you know, so Wrestling is uh wrestling is is fun. I don't hopefully all the negativity didn't uh, turn people off from that. We still enjoy it quite a bit ourselves. Mm-hmm. Just maybe, you know, sometimes it's, it's it's fun to talk shit about booking decisions, you know, because honestly, if I could book the NBA, I would have gave LeBron the uh the championship this year because storyline-wise it made a lot of sense to me. Dude was a uh, uh, you know, kind of running out of luck here, and if he's going to leave Cleveland, it would have been cool to ride off in the sunset and take down the what quite possibly one of the best teams of all time, but that didn't happen. So, you know, honestly, if uh if, if if the NBA was a fake sport, which it might might or might not be, <laughs> um, and I knew that there was a booking decision behind making the Warriors win four to one, I'd be sitting here on this podcast also bitching about that. But I'm not because uh, you know the, the, the Cavaliers lost that one. Um, I don't think Adam Silver necessarily wrote that into his, but maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get people that also don't believe in dinosaurs and and. Uh, and the, think the earth that, is flat. And think that the Earth is flat. Probably arguing with and me the, that the Bible also the Bible is a literal is. truth. Yeah, when it's actually t- totally transcripted from a different uh, a different language and things yeah, a lot are of it's totally like wrong metaphorical base. Yeah, but yep. but anyways, yeah, that's that's that on that. Whoa, that was a well, that, that was, was a that discussion. That was a hell of an opening segment. Um, we should probably take a quick break and come back. We got to wrap things up here. You know, you got places you need to be. I got places I need to be, and we got to talk like other things. Okay, know? bye. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out hey it's hot shot scott williams do you like chili well i do too do you like podcasts well so do we it's the ross family matters podcast join myself victor stick ross jack spade and, From a, the girl! and a cavalcade of other people except maru you're never allowed the grapple talk network it's the podcast we're coming at you maru's not allowed and welcome back to grapple talk you know I, anyone who actually decided to stick through those first 40 minutes thank you um, you know, because we got in a couple tangents. We really kind of did because that's just kind of what happens here on Grapple Talk these days where, you know, we might not necessarily review shows. We not we might not highlight things. We might not interview people. Play video people, games. Play video games or anything <laughs> like that. Um, basically, this is, a, this is our moment, our chance to really kind of vent and just kind of like, you know, embrace what we both love about wrestling. What is the worst wrestling video game that you've ever played in your entire life? Uh, WCW Backstage Assault. I don't think I ever played that one. Oh, dude, man. If you have a chance, go track it down and play it because it's terrible. Is it really? It is fucking god-awful. I'd say WCW Mayhem. 
Okay, so Backstage Assault came out after Mayhem. Was it like a was it like a sequel to Mayhem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, was it from really? um, EA Sports or at the time, yeah. Was it EA Sports or just EA? I, I don't think know. it was just EA cuz like Mayhem was really terrible and yeah. there was a lot of hype about Mayhem because they're like, "Oh, hey, shit, man, that's going to be Electronic Arts. They put out some really good games." It was just a terrible game. It was fucking awful. I just remember yeah. I, I it was actually the first that might have been the first wrestling game that I ever owned. Oh, was dude. Mayhem because I didn't get WWF WrestleMania and WWF No Mercy until after that. And I remember playing. And I'm like, what is this fucking bag of shit? It was fucking <laughs> awful. It's like the controls were terrible. Yeah, but yeah. you could go backstage in that game and you could like fight in the fucking parking lot and shit. Yeah, but which it was kind of cool stupid. because it was a novelty at the time. Yeah, but there was no like grappling system. It's just like you sat there. It was like, he's like punch guys. Yeah. I, th- I think the first wrestling game I ever really owned was WCW vs. the World for PlayStation. Oh, okay. So that was kind of like the precursor to uh, WCW NWO World Tour on the 64. That's a good game. So the same engine. I think it was uh, THQ and AKI. So it's like that AKI. same same combination that you're so used to for years. And it was kind of cool, too, because it may I think it only had like 12 WCW guys, but the rest was just like, you know, international superstars yeah. and stuff like that. So, but they all had different names. But the cool thing was you had to kind of figure out who they were. Um, it was that always of, fun? It was kind of fun. Like, the way that the story mode was actually pretty simple was you pick a wrestler, and you have to work your way through the company. Oh, So cool. you had to beat this guy, this guy, this guy, and then you end up facing a company champion. You beat the company champion. He becomes unlocked in the game. You move on to the next company, oh. so on and so forth. So if you were, like, a junior heavyweight and you beat all the junior heavyweights, you got to actually face the original Tiger Mask. Oh, that's cool. And if cool. you beat him, you you know, um, and then if you beat him, you unlock him, stuff like that. If you're a heavyweight, you go through all the progress as well. And then if you beat every champion, you get to face the grand champion, who was Andre the Giant. Oh, that's cool. You beat him, uh, you unlock him. So, like, it was it was simple. It was fun. The grappling system was really kind of cool. And then I, I think that, like, the game I wanted after that, like, really bad was, like, WCW, like, Nitro. Which ended up being kind of a shit show. Um, <laughs> the coolest thing about Nitro was uh, you had this option of, I, and they continued it with um, Thunder as well. If you're going to pick a character, you could actually get a kind of like a hype video from the guy oh. by hitting like circle. So oh, you'd be like, cool. let's say you're going to pick Chris Jericho, be like, come on, man, pick me. I'm Chris Jericho. Woo! You get that. So that like that initial part was like, that's cool. And then everything else about the game was just ass. Yeah, it was just, it was just, it. It wasn't designed to be like a wrestling game necessarily. It was supposed to be designed just kind of like, okay, let's capitalize on this. When I the the only the first memory I have from a video game is is mm-hmm. from actually WCW NWO Revenge. Okay. Um, and I I just remember that the the story mode there was basically pick a guy, wrestle through everybody. And I think I remember that for some reason or another, my dad was always a big Hogan fan, so we would always pick Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And any time, I mean, Goldberg was impossible to beat in that game. That dude would jackhammer me like it was on fucking WCW, like within a matter of minutes. And I was like, I cannot beat fucking Goldberg. Like, that's my first wrestling game memory. And I, I don't think as a child I ever got to the point where I could beat Goldberg. And then I remember I got the game like a couple of years ago, like literally like when I was like 24 years old, and I beat the fucking shit out of Goldberg to like get back <laughs> at him from my childhood. So I remember yep. that. And uh, I, I was blessed to only have played a handful of really shitty wrestling games, Mayhem being one of them. And I think they're – otherwise I'd, I'd always been lucky. I always had all the – the really good the SmackDown games through those generations that came out, and then obviously the the couple uh, on N sixty four that always seemed to be pretty good too. So, mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, I was just I was curious what your thoughts were. Now now I'm now when it comes to wrestling <laughs> games, I could give two shits about actually fighting people. I I, I want to be a part of a booking thing. That's yeah. why I play like those the stupid like online simulators where okay. you can fucking you know it's like this is my federation and I'm going to sign fucking uh, I'm I'm WWE uh, you know I'm like I'm ROH and I'm going to sign CM Punk to a six million dollar deal and then I'm gonna you know it's it's fun to do that to me now you know. But speaking of CM Punk, did you watch his fight? Um, you know, I kind of caught like bits and pieces of it. I heard it was it was competitive. No, no, no. Okay, I also heard he hunted. in. Mm-mm. He actually survived longer than he did last time, but he was outclassed. Oh man, I think what you saw is that uh, Jackson. What's his first name? Mike Jackson. Is it Mike or Mark? I thought it was Mark Jackson. M. Jackson. Um, Mike J- Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um. Well, anyways, uh, apparently, you know, if you watch it, the dude obviously. I think there was a couple of times where he could have. Probably put Punk to sleep, and I think uh, I think he was just trying to make it a little bit longer. You know, if you listen there, if you watch it, it just doesn't. You know, Punk just didn't. He just doesn't have the fight. He just doesn't have. You know, and it, and yeah, it was. I mean, kudos to that guy because if I was getting my head fucking knocked in like that, I would have just been like, call it, dude. Fuck I'm it. done. So yeah. yeah, call it. And he kept fighting, and you know, he kept getting up and taking more of a beating. I think if the dude wanted to end the fight, as in the guy taking on Punk, he probably could have knocked him out pretty easily. But I think he was. Um, as some people noted, kind of being a prick about the whole thing and being like, you know, like almost, almost like showboating while fighting, you know, like being like, this isn't anything like, you know, this is a joke probably under the, I, I don't know if it's under the pretense. It's like, you know, using the extra time that he would have gotten and, and knocking him out just to be like, this is a joke. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think there is any reason that Punk should ever fight in an octagon ever again. <laughs> no, I, that I, should be the I'm end pretty of it. sure he's done. That should be the end of it. He's pretty much done, which, you know, that, that's the nature of the UFC. It's it's very much you got to keep on winning to be a draw, but if you don't win, you're not going to be a draw. That's simple as that. And I think, you know, I, I think Punk's luster and the mystique of him fighting – has reached a point where it's it's gone now because yep. you know I remember the first time he, the first night that he had the fight me and you were like oh fuck how, where where can we get to see this you know where can we go uh-huh. you know, I think we went to brothers and I was like where can we go like we have to see this and then yeah, this yep. last one I was like eh, well you know if yeah I'd- you know like it I, I I don't know a lot of it it's like actually to tell you the truth like UFC's kind of lost its luster as well it has and I don't know I that has to do a lot a lot of it has to do with like just stars being unavailable. I hear people all the time mm-hmm. posting on Facebook, Twitter, like, oh, dude, fucking Lagoragic is taking on Terminus Surti. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. But like these, but these like hardcore UFC fans know. Yep. Oh, dude, this is gonna be the best fight ever. It's fucking Birkenstock versus fucking Adidas, dude. Wow. Like the two best fighters in the lightweight division we've ever seen. And I was like, I feel like I'm I'm not that far removed from being a UFC fan of knowing of 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 mm-hmm. that I should not know who these guys are. But I never know. I'm like, who the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. Who the hell are these guys? Where do they come from? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I don't know. Maybe in the, uh, maybe they're marketing. I don't know what the fuck they've been doing different. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where you're removed from a product. You really don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I used to know all the. I used to know all those. You know, fucking Forrest yeah. Whitaker. Fucking Forrest Whitaker. No, that's the fucking actor. That's the dude with the eye. That's like. Ugh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently, I've never known what I'm talking about. He, I thought he used to be a UFC fighter, but never I think you meant like Forrest Griffin. Forrest Griffin is who I thought yeah. of. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Man, imagine Fuck him it. being a UFC fighter. All right, cool. So, um, I pretty much this is it for this week's grapple talk. I think we're going to get together next week. We got a lot of cool things coming up in the pipe. We uh, we had a production meeting during the commercial break. I think that's going to be kind of interesting for. <laughs> For next week's episode, um, if we get a chance, let's preview that G1 special in San Francisco. I think that's actually a really interesting card. That's going to be a lot of fun. Plus, we do got the G1 coming up. Um, this is, Nick, I, I'm, I'm going to say this much. It's going to be a chore to keep up with all those matches, but very much pick the ones you want to watch. Who do you think is going to win it? Oh, man, if I had to pick a Now G1. that Kenny Omega is a champ. Did we not talk about that? Oh, we, we talked about the preview of the, the Kenny Omega Okada match, and I was like... What did we say? I can't remember what you said. You know, that's a good question. I, I can't believe you won it, dude. I'm surprised. Yeah, I know. But then again, like, I'm not. But then I, I can just, be. I it, know it, a, it's almost, it, it, it was the right time. I it think. was. It was the right time, and they told a hell of a story. Like, that match was a lot of fun. I that think, whole pay-per-view, Dominion, was amazing. See, now again, we yeah. talked about this last time. Now, well, do you have a Bushi win? And now you have the Golden Lovers main eventing. Or or do you just well, go back just, and have Okada win it? Okay, well, think about this. Like, anyhow, the Golden Lovers are in the same block. Oh, are they? I haven't even yeah. seen the blocks yet. Yeah. Oh, you got to look at the blocks. They're really intriguing. Um, I think, like, night one, you have Jay White taking on Okada. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I, I believe Tanahashi's in that same block. Uh, if you, if you Tanahashi take, Okada is actually the last night of whatever block they're in. I think it's the A block. If you could take one guy versus the field, is that one guy Okada? Probably. Right, at this point, and, you know that's a good question. I would, I you you almost have to take him against the field, but I would not be shocked if Naito wins it. Really? Yeah. And the reason why I'm picking Naito, um, because they're already kind of laying in the groundwork for the Omega Naito program. Um, one of Omega's first press conferences since he actually won the title, he basically said Naito is not an international star like him. So you're already dropping a nugget there. You can't really necessarily do a Bushi Omega at the Dome. Um, a lot of that's because you're going to give up that match anyhow in the G1. That's true. You know, so it's like, it's kind of hard to actually do that match in the G1. And then like, you know, but that's just the way. It's just like, because you weren't going to do Omega Okada, you know, at, at the G1. And then again at Wrestle Kingdom last year. That's yep. just not, not how it goes, yep. you know. So usually it's always going to be a matchup that you're not going to get in the G1. That's going to be your Wrestle Kingdom main event. Um, Is there yeah. any chance that we see Omega lose the belt between now and, and Wrestle Kingdom? I think there's a good chance he does, yeah. Really? You think so? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it's going to be whether or not, you know, they feel like he's going to be – I think he's going to be a solid draw anyhow at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, it's just do you feel comfortable doing a main eventing – with a foreign champion, I, I guess. that That's the big thing. I mean, if he goes into Wrestle Kingdom as a champion, I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs outside of Japan, especially in the mainstream market, who are going to be all over this event. And that's a good thing. That is a huge thing. But also it's one of those things where, you know, because it's so deep right now, New Japan is, especially on the main event scene, that, you know, he could lose and still not lose anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If Hulk Hogan came to New Japan right now and said, hey, brother, I want a main event, Wrestle Kingdom, and you only have to pay me a dollar. Would you do it if you're New Japan? No. Okay. No, because, like, if you're looking at New Japan right now, you stick with what's getting you over, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And you can bring in foreign stars every once in a while and actually have some really good success with it. Look at the uh, the Jericho programs this year. Yeah, they've been great. They've been great. You know, um, even look at Rey Mysterio. Like he kind of perked the interest of a lot of a lot of different casual fans as well. It's like, oh, what's Rey Mysterio doing in New Japan? And he's just like Budka. He's like Budka Budka. Well, you know, yeah. Rey Mysterio apparently is now a pre-order bonus for WWE 2K19. Which hopefully you know what that means. That means that eventually he will once again be signed to a WWE contract. That's just how it works. That's WWE. just how it goes. Um, which would be cool. They have a terrible agreement with 2K apparently. Yeah. Apparently they go to 2K and they're like, "Hey, we we need this kept under the wraps, but we're gonna sign Brock Lesnar in like six months. But just so you know, so that like once we sign him, you can like release his character. Yeah. They're like, oh sweet. By the way, yeah, we're going to go to the public and then also make him a pre-order bonus. <laughs> Don't do that. Okay, we already did it. Hey, yeah, by yeah. the way, we're going to sign Goldberg here soon. He's going to be, like, involved in, like, championships and shit. But just so you know – oh, cool, yeah, he's going to be our cover athlete. Fuck. Why, hey, just so you well, know. I, I, I always thought it was different with um, 2K. It was they can actually go out and try to get certain guys underneath the 2K contract for their likeness mm-hmm. and then kind of – Ask WWE for permission yeah. afterwards. I thought that was like. I think that's actually how it works. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. been really coincidental <laughs> that they that they. Well, because I think a every lot of it, advertised pre-order guy. Well, well has think been, about this: if you're WWE and you want to do market research for guys that you want to bring there back, you go. wouldn't you use a third party like a 2K or something like that? Be like, okay, let's gauge the interest if people actually are excited about this guy being in a hidden character. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Absolutely. And then mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit, they're selling a lot of copies. Bring them back in. What do they want? Two million dollars. Ray Mysterio, what do you want? 80. I went 80 bag, man. I went 80 bag. And some chimichangas. Yeah. I don't even know if he likes chimichangas. All I know is that whenever yeah. he looked, he looked great in the Royal Rumble. Oh, he did, man. Like I'm not dude... like watching his shit on YouTube or anything. I don't know how he's looking <laughs> these days, but. He looked pretty good in that New Japan uh, six-man tag, too. Oh, you know what else I saw? What's I that? I think I saw that Enzo Mori is now taking bookings. Oh, wow. So yeah. um, how, do you think he's actually going to get bookings? He was, oh, cool. just, he was just on Steve Austin's podcast. If you guys haven't listened to that podcast yet, if you like wrestling at all, I would highly recommend going and listening to Steve Austin's podcast with uh, with Enzo Amore. It was actually pretty uh, – I thought it was pretty hilarious. Now, he had he had mentioned that, uh, oh, real uh, Enzo Amore's independent booking fee, $7,000 per appearance. Wow. So, uh, yeah. that's That's quite a bit of money. He uh very very revealing in um the um Austin podcast and saying that he thought that Vince was making him the next big superstar. Um, it's a really weird listen actually. He sounds like a pretty humble, nice guy, and then he would say things like he thinks he's going to be the biggest hip hop artist in the world. So I don't I don't know, but uh, you have to have confidence and you have to have some type of uh. Some type of an ego in, in order to do big things, and I'm, I'm certain that's what he was thinking. But uh, nonetheless, a very interesting listen. And, uh, yeah, if you're a booker out there, you want some Enzo Amore on your show, 7000 bucks. Maybe you can talk him down to 6'5". Six, six, <laughs> six, I don't know. maybe 6'5", uh, and you give him a hotel? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, He hasn't man. changed in the locker room, so it's not like you need to provide that for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I really don't think anyone's going to. You know, someone's going to take a gamble on him. That's just the way it is. Uh, Big Cass, of course, uh, he's been released Big as well. Ass. I don't know, man. Like that That's interesting. If you really want to hear a good rant, listen to uh, Voices of Wrestling on their flagship about Big Cass and uh, the lack of like just foresight by programming with Daniel Bryan and all that jazz, especially if you thought this guy was already not going to make it. Just, I don't know. It, it's an amazing. I can't remember what the reasoning they said they got rid of him was. There was well, a... it ended up becoming like just bad attitude. With him, like he he was getting 
drunk and disorderly on the European tour. Um, there also came out some stuff with like his ex girlfriend, you know, Carmela. Like you know, like they're not dating anymore. No, 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 no. So like, oh my um, god, is she dating the big hoss? <laughs> Could you imagine? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, it's, it's just been it's just been interesting. Um, I think like WWE is like they want people they want people to conduct themselves in a professional manner, no matter what station you are in life. And I think some of it is, you know, it's good because you, you it's that corporate life, you know. But at the same time, though, it's like you, your worst enemy is always going to be yourself. Yes. In the wrestling business, and if you can't take care of yourself, no one's going to take care of you. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's Truth. pretty much life, too. That's that's life. That is life. You got any wrestling shows this weekend? Um, This weekend, Sans Wrestling Shows. I don't think I have anything coming up until oof, towards the end of July. I'm going to the Dells for the weekend, and then we got RCCW oh, nice. at Riverfest, I think, the following week. Yeah, you know, check out that show. It all depends on, like— I'm not even yeah. booked, so if you want to go together, I'd be down to go watch it with you and have yeah. a couple of beers. I'm not booked. I've already asked the booker. I said, get, Yeah, we always get, like, beer tickets here, so— I said, I asked the booker. I said, hey, Derek, uh, can I just go—I mean— it might. I don't know if it's breaking kayfabe because I don't know if it's because <laughs> it, it, it's not like it's at the Legion, right? So you might have yeah, a di- yeah, yeah. different mix of people. And I'm like, can I just go as a fan and not be Nikki Duche and drink beer and maybe you know have fun? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm planning on doing that. So if you want to do that, we can check that out together. Yeah, then. yeah. What day is that? Is that Sunday the seventh or? Uh, they're gonna get mad at me for not knowing this. But I don't, I <laughs> Why? Actually don't You're know. not. Booked. I'm not booked. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't I would, know. I think it's Sunday the seventh, right? I don't know. I'm gonna check it right now. I mean, yep, yep. All... Sunday the seventh yeah. at three thirty p.m. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun little. Show. Is that the last day of Riverfest? Yeah, yeah. So Riverfest this year starts on Wednesday the fourth. I didn't realize that. That's 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 the day that everybody's burnt out of Riverfest. Basically, yeah, 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 yeah. That's just like how it goes. You know, it's too bad they weren't on like you know either Friday or Saturday because yeah. that would have been pretty interesting. Um, so that that if you're if you're in the lacrosse area, you can definitely do that. I know BCW's got a lot of shows coming up here. Yeah, um, there's Fest. a lot of Fourth of July shows too. So if there's you're a fa- lot, there's a lot. Um, so if your favorite wrestling promotion is putting on a Fourth of July show, go check it out. Um, it's gonna be a beautiful weather, no matter what. Um, if you have an opportunity to go out there and actually enjoy it during your time off coming up here, do it. Um, there, there's nothing like the sunshine to actually brighten your mood, no matter what. Except when you get sunburn and you look like a fucking goddamn plaster. Yeah, that's the opposite. Yeah, that's the, op- yeah, mm-hmm. that's the opposite. I don't All know right. any closing thoughts, Nick. Closing thoughts. Uh, do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if there are other things in life that aren't making you very happy and they're taking up a lot of time and really stressing you out, just uh, sit back and think about uh, broad term of things. Uh, is this really something to 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 be stressed out about? Is this something that's going to affect me long term? I do that sometimes. I'm not going to lie. There are some very little things that stress me the fuck out, that worry me, that. <laughs> Yeah. That uh, caused me to have severe anxiety sometimes. And all it takes is sometimes to sit back and go, you know what, in the broad uh, term of things, is this what's important to me? Is this what's going to matter to me in 50 years? And a lot of the times it's no. So just you know, make sure you look at things that way and make sure to take care of yourself and uh, just do what makes you happy because uh, we're only on this earth for a very short period of time. And at the end of the day, uh, regardless of how you spend your time, as long as uh, you're doing you and you're not hurting anybody else, that's what it's all about. I need to say that because I don't, you know, at the end of the day, then I'm basically preaching to be a serial killer if that's something <laughs> you enjoy doing, and that's not okay. Yeah, man. Like, um, I, I think that's good advice. If you're, you don't kill anyone, I, I think that's good advice too. Fair. I think the biggest thing is, man, like treat people how you want to be treated. You know, that's a good, um, yeah. It's it's big, weird. It's like a storybook thing that you tell your kids, but it's so true. It is so true. Um, just 
there, there's a lot of weird shit going on in the world right now. And a lot of it is just, it's stupid as fuck. Because I think a lot of people are kind of losing sight of what what is good and what is, you know, not good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like good and bad. It's always kind of weird toss up in the world today. You know, just make sure no matter what you're doing, always put your best foot forward. You know, tell the people that you love, you love them. You know, because you never know. You never know. Like, life is very short, as you alluded to. And, you know, sometimes the moment is gone before you know. Yeah. So just make sure you tell everyone that you love, you love them. All right. Cool. I love you. I love you too, Nick. All right. Catch you guys later. This has been Grapple Talk. We'll see you next week. Peace out.